He was making a joke. At my expense. That's all right. Today's Bible reading comes from Psalm 46. And I'll be reading from verses 1 through to 11. Psalm 46, beginning at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams made glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Thanks, Rhonda. Good morning, everybody. And, ha and Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah. Could I invite us to pray together as we open God's word? Loving Father, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for this opportunity of being able to meet together this first Sunday of the new year and to begin this time in worship and adoration and being able once again to spit ourselves before you and pray a whole new surrender, Lord, that we might have toward you over our lives. Lord, just do your work, we pray, and open our ears and our hearts now to what you want to say to us through this magnificent word of yours, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I can remember some years ago, probably not that long ago, I was working in my garage at home, and uh, when I heard the neighbour's son, he would have been in his late teenage years, and he was in his garage, and I re remember hearing him call out for help, help, he said a couple of times, very distressed. Well, then, when you hear a voice like that saying those words, you race over, which I did. So I hurried next door to find him buckling at the knees, trying to hold one end of a roller door that had slipped off somehow. He was trying to repair it. It had slipped off. He couldn't drop it. So he's doing this and crying out, help. Um, so I was able to uh, run in there, and both of us were managed to, to push this thing back up onto its bracket. And, uh, and put it in its right place. Um, he was grateful for that, and so was I. Uh, so glad to be present at that time and to be able to help him. And I said, thanks, Lord. And we, we've developed a pretty good friendship after that uh, as well. But, you know, I was present then, but I will never be an ever-present help, which you and I, as believers in Christ, can have the absolute assurance that we have in Jesus an ever-present help help ever present try and let those words sink into your minds ever present God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble 
Some versions say that he is a very present help in trouble. The actual meaning simply is that God is abundantly available for help. Albert Barnes, I like what he says. He gives just a little brief, interesting background. I want to read it to you of Psalm 46. This is what the commentator, Bible commentator Albert Barnes said many, many years ago. He said, this psalm has been called Luther's psalm. It was that which he was accustomed to sing in trouble. When the times were dark, when the enemies of truth appeared to triumph, when disaster seemed to come over the cause in which he was engaged and the friends of the Reformation were dispirited, disheartened and sad, he was accustomed to say to his fellow labourers, come, let us sing the 46th Psalm. Maybe that's good for us to, to hear that this morning. And it's said, and I think it's true too, that uh, Martin Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, was in fact inspired by Psalm 46. I checked that out. I went to the hymn and all, and there it is. It's got Psalm 46 written right there next to that song. The author of the psalm is unknown. It is not ascribed to David, but it's to the sons of Korah who according to uh, biblical historians, they were the Levitical choir uh, made up from descendants of Korah who were appointed by David to serve in the temple. And there's a whole lot more you could read about that if you're interested. But this magnificent God-breathed psalm, as all of God's word is, of course, has brought so much comfort and reassurance to his people, to God's people, over eons of time. You know, and as we move into the beginning of 2020, with all of its mystery, with all of its uncertainties in many ways, ahead of us all, I want us to bring a focus. I want to bring a focus mainly to verse 1, that God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. And by the time you've heard this, I'm sure you would have memorized that. And if you haven't, that's good to do. You'll memorise verse 1 at least of Psalm 46. Just as inspiring are these words from Psalm 121, which I'm sure most of you would know too, verse 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Think about that. This God who made heaven and earth, he says, our help comes from him. I tell you what, it would be pretty good help, wouldn't it? A God who made heaven and earth, he says, I'm going to help you. His help would be quality help. Yeah. God is our ever-present help. In other words, God has so been found. God has so uh, been tried and, and proven by his people. That God is truly close to our side and ready to help ready to help more than a friend or a relative ever could be. And you know what? Even more present than the trouble itself could be. He's closer to you. He's more present than any trouble and tribulation that you are or will go through. And you know, when our help comes from the Lord, we can be sure it will comprise of at least four very powerful and very precious qualities that I want to bring to you this morning. 
and to help us to remember these qualities. I'm going to use the word help, H-E-L-P, as an acrostic and to explain these qualities using each letter of, that, of those words. So you're going to remember this at the end because we're going to need God's help. We're going to need his ever-present help as we move into 2020. Firstly, H. The letter H stands for hope always in 2020. Hope always in 2020. And that's because there is always hope when God is involved in our lives. Did you hear that? It sounds simple, but it's powerful stuff. There is always hope. And that'll become a bit more relevant to us. And you might be able to see where I'm coming from a bit more as I say that. You know, in, in fact, the hope that we have is because Christ indwells our lives as his children. Paul reminds us of this hope in his letter to the Colossians in 1.27, where he says this, To them, that's us, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. The hope of of glory. Easton's Bible Dictionary says this about hope. Hope is an essential and fundamental element of Christian life. So essential indeed that like faith and love, it can itself designate the essence of Christianity. Unbelievers are without this hope. Christ is the actual object of the believer's hope. Because it's in this, his second coming, that the, that the hope of glory will be fulfilled. Now we're looking forward to that. That's what the communion table was about really this morning too. Do this, remember me, until he comes. You know, as an army reserve chaplain I was for around eight years or so, one of the most... Uh, humbling and, and probably scary types of service that I think I've been engaged in. But, but over those eight years, you know, God gave me some amazing opportunities to speak to hundreds of soldiers. And when I sat down, I thought about it, I said, what, what, Lord, hundreds? Yeah, it was hundreds of soldiers over those eight years, not only at their promotional courses, which the chaplains would have a spot. And when the sergeant's courses were on, they would give the chaplains a spot. And I, we ran a number of those sergeant's courses, and there'd be up to 90 or so of these guys and girls in those courses. And that happened when I was at Canungra. But not only on those courses, but also on, but also I was, I was as, a, as a chaplain, as a padre, I was given the topic of suicide prevention. Suicide prevention was one of the many mandatory sessions that soldiers, all soldiers in all the barracks in Australia are required to attend. They call it mandatory training. And that happens at the beginning of every year. These soldiers have to be, and, 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 it's, and it's death by PowerPoint, really. All these different topics that are, that are talked about. One of those they give to the Padres, and it's called suicide prevention. And, you know, and, and during those sessions... And without preaching to them, and we had to be careful not to do that, but we stood up there, you know, and on our lapels we had the cross. It was very, very clear to them. They knew where we were coming from. But without preaching to them, you know, I was able to simply say to these people with all my heart that, um, that there is always hope. There's always hope. 
Um, that, that nothing or no one was ever hopeless, even in the darkest place that you sometimes find yourself in. You know, and without going to all the details, I could speak from experience. So I was able to speak authentically and with authority on that topic. Because not only had I attended suicides and those who had attempted suicides, but I'd been in a very dark place myself. And, you know, I had the opportunities to share sometimes more one-on-one and to give the reason for the hope that I had and to say it with all my heart. And I had those opportunities from time to time, as I said, mainly, to one, mainly one-on-one. I can remember one guy. He was a senior non-commissioned officer. And he came up to me before the session started. He said, Padre, I really don't want to sit in on my session. He's, and, I, and he gave me a bit of a chat and I said, okay, but look, I want, it, I want you to talk to me after we've done this. And he came up to me and he was in my academy and uh, he, he shared with me that he had actually gone through an attempted suicide. And so it was pretty raw to him and, uh, and we sat down and we had a chat afterwards. It was very, very precious, a uh, very special time indeed. But there is that hope in the darkest of places. God has promised that he is our ever-present help in trouble. It means hope. There is always hope. Um, there's a reference book I've got at home. It's called uh, The Dictionary of Paul and His Letters. And, and uh, the writer says this, Hope is an encouragement to believers in the midst of suffering. But it also prevents believers from being content with present circumstances. That's interesting. Hope insists that Christians wait with eager longing for the great day when all of God's promises are fulfilled. Can you say amen to that? I think that's fantastic. Philippians 3.20 comes to mind when I read that. Paul says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a saviour from there. We eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that the sort of hope that you've got this morning? Because if you haven't, this will transform your life. Jesus will transform your life. And he brings this hope, this ever-present hope into your life. Something that non-believers don't get. But we need to be able to tell them. That's hope. That's H. The second letter is E. And that stands for expect experiences and events in 2020 which will both challenge and stretch you. Expect experiences and events in 2020, which will challenge you and stretch you, and it may do a whole lot of other stuff too. You know, most of us have lived long enough <laughs> to understand that we live in a very imperfect and fallen world. Just look again at the circumstances in which the psalmist calls our attention to the fact that God is our refuge and strength and an ever-present help. What are the circumstances? In trouble. In trouble. That's where he meets us. You think about it. If we live lives free from trouble... And I'm sorry to burst any bubbles that might be here, but I'll tell you, you won't find a place like that on earth. There's no such place where you'll be free from trouble apart from heaven. And if we had no troubles, then we would not need God to be our refuge and strength or that ever-present help. 
But I think Job got it pretty right when he said in Job chapter 5 and verse 7, yet man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. Isn't that true? Lots of nods and smiles going on there. Yeah, man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. And sadly, many of our southern neighbours have seen more than their fair share of sparks flying upwards in all of these horrible catastrophic fires that are burning in our land at the moment. God be with them. But we get Job's point, don't we? We get Job's point. The Lord Jesus said similar. Um, he said very clearly in John 16, 33, he said, I've told you this, these things so that in me you may have peace. And I love that. Just listen to how this is all surrounded. He says, you know, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say it might or maybe. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But I love the fact that he didn't leave it there. He says, but take heart, take courage. I've overcome the world. <laughs> that ever-present help. Always there. You know, so as we look to the Lord in 2020, as we lift up our eyes, and folks, we need to, lift up your eyes to him. And you say, you confess, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we need to believe and we need to confess that our God, our great God, our almighty God is an ever-present help in trouble. Whatever those experiences or events might be, whatever those things are that will challenge us and stretch us, we need to know God's always there. He is that ever-present help. You know, I remember again during the, my, one of the defence driving courses that we all had to do when we were in the QAS, in the ambulance service. During these, uh, this was done by a mob called Roadcraft out of Gympie. We had to go out there and we did these, these uh, incredible, and, and they were fantastic courses that we did. But the instructors there, they'd, they'd point out to us that when, when you're learning to, when you're driving, you learn, he said, they used to say to us, learn to expect the unexpected. What do they mean by that? Learn to expect the unexpected. Then they'd say, particularly, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> particularly as you approach a hill or as you come to a bend in the road. When you can't clearly see the road ahead, they're saying you need to be alert to the action that you need to take, to the action or to the evasive action that you may need to take in order that you don't crash. So when you come to a bend, when you come to a hill, be alert, don't be asleep. Don't kind of look over there and look at something else. You've got a hill. You don't know what's on the other side. You've got a bend. You don't know what's coming around that side. Be alert to that. Don't be paranoid, but be alert to what's going on there. You can't see, so be open, be alert, so that you don't crash. And it was good advice, it's sound advice. And how applicable, when you think about it, that same advice is in our life's journey as well. Expect experiences, expect events. Maybe expect the unexpected. Expect things that will challenge you, stretch you. And then be alert to those things so you don't crash in your life. That's E, H-E. Next one is L. The third letter is L, which stands for 
learn to lean on Jesus in everything in 2020. Learn to lean on Jesus. Interestingly, uh, we're taught in Proverbs uh, chapter 3 and verse 5, reading from the NI version, uh, NIV version, have a look where they put the word lean in this. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Good advice, isn't it? Powerful. Don't lean on your own understanding. Now listen to how the amplified version of that same scripture says. I love how it says it as well. Proverbs 3, 5 and 3 and 5, 3, 5 sorry, Proverbs 3 verse 5, Amplified Version says this, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely, so do not lean or rely on your own insight or understanding. So in other words, to lean on is to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in everything in 2020. Learn to lean on, learn to trust in the Lord Jesus, even in those experiences, and they'll come, and events, that will surely come along the way, that will stretch us, that will challenge us, that will concern us, let's be honest, that will cause us to be anxious. Although God doesn't want you to be in that place of anxiety or fear, but those things will come. And then when those things come, when those things come that won't make sense to you, and that's why we're told not to lean on our own understanding, because they won't make sense to you. And when those things come, we need to learn to lean on Jesus, because he alone he alone will be your refuge and your strength. He alone will be that ever-present help. No one else can be. Nothing else can be. Only Jesus is that ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, because of that, therefore, we will not fear. There you go. That's a promise from God. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea... And sometimes we'll feel like that. Sometimes we'll feel like our world at the moment. I'm sure there are people, our southern neighbours are feeling like that. The earth's giving way. Things are just collapsing all around us. We're losing everything. But God is telling us, because he is our ever-present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. Though all of these things happen, the earth give way, and the mountains fall in the heart of the sea, and we feel like our lives are doing just that. And it's in those times, my dear brothers and sisters, that God says to you and says to us all, we need to learn on Jesus. Learn to lean on Jesus. Because look at verse 7 and 11. Verse 7 and 11 of Psalm 46. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And it's an impregnable fortress. Nothing gets in, nothing breaks in when you're there with God. Nothing can snatch you out of that. That's a place where his peace and his comfort and his refreshment and his renewal and his reinvigoration will fill you by spirit. Learn to lean on Jesus in everything in 2020. I remember visiting a dear old Russian lady. She was a beautiful old saint. 
in a nursing home quite some years ago. I don't even mind telling her her name. Her name was Olga. <laughs> Olga. She's now with the Lord. And she told me, when I visited at that time, it's amazing the stories that some of our people have. She told me of a time during the Second World War when she was with her baby daughter and they were travelling on a train with a whole lot of other people. And the carriage that they were travelling in was less than suitable for passengers. It had big wooden sliding doors on the side. You know what they are? A bit like cattle trucks. Those great big sliding wooden doors. She was, she was in that sort of a carriage. And Olga was in that carriage with her baby daughter. She was leaning up against that door. Had her back to that sliding door. And as she was going along on the train, she had this voice in her heart and in her mind that was speaking to her and she was telling her, was telling her to move away from the door. Now, this was strange to Olga. She'd kind of not heard this or had this experience before. But here she was hearing this voice saying, move away from the door. And she kind of hesitated. She's telling me that she hesitated. What? What's going on here? And she's questioned it. And the voice said it again, this time a little bit louder. The third time it said it to her. And she quickly grabbed the baby and moved to the side, right away from the door. And of course, you're going to guess what happened. The train jolted all of a sudden and the door flew open. Everybody screamed, but nobody was hurt. You know, there are some things, there are some people that you cannot lean on. But you can always lean on and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ who, is fa who faithfully remains our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And the last letter is P. The letter in the word help. This help that comes from the Lord. This Lord who made heaven and earth. This ever-present help. P stands for pursue the peace of God. Pursue the peace of God in 2020. How many of you have the first part of Psalm 46 and verse 10 on the wall of your home somewhere or in the kitchen? Probably a good place to have it's in the kitchen, you know, or on a sideboard or a cabinet somewhere. The first part of the, the, uh, Psalm 46, 10 says, be still and know. That I am God. Who's got that at home? You haven't? Come on. Get it. Print it out. <laughs> Make your own. It's magnificent. We need to see that often. I've got it in my office. Be still and know that I am God. His peace, when you, when you consume that, let him consume you. Do you remember, this is a, these are the words that the Lord Jesus spoke. He spoke these words into a storm when he's with his disciples. Mark 4, verse 39. Listen to, listen to this. This is, the, this is the New King James Version. It says this. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. <coughs> and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You remember that? What a magnificent picture that is of the authority and of the power of the creator God to not only calm the storms of wild weather systems and 
is able to put out fires. But he also has that same power and authority to speak peace into our lives and to calm the internal storms that sometimes rage in human hearts and minds. There's going to be storms in 2020. I don't think I need to prophesy about that. It's just life on planet Earth. You're going to go through some storms. Remember Jesus' words in that. Peace, be still. Be still and know that I am God. But why are we so slow to learn these things? We're just like the disciples in so many ways, aren't we? And that's why Jesus rebuked them for their lack of faith on this same occasion. Listen to what he says to them because Jesus might be saying the same words to you and me this morning. He's saying words to us, but these might be words as well that he's saying to some of us here this morning. Let me read you again from the Amplified Version of what Jesus said in Mark 4 and verse 40. He said to them, Why are you so timid and fearful? How is it that you have no faith, no firmly relying trust? I wonder if God could be saying that to some of us this morning. Where's your faith? English novelist and journalist, H.G. Wells, the guy who wrote the books, was it? The War of the Worlds and The Time Machine and other great things. But H.G. Wells was once quoted as saying this. He, he said, The time has come for me to reorganise my life, my peace. I cry out. I cannot adjust my life to secure any fruitful peace. He says, here I am at 64, still seeking peace. It is a hopeless dream. I mean, how sad is that? And tragically, so many others would have a similar experience when it comes to pursuing peace in their lives. 16 years later, at the age of 80, H.G. Wells was dead. And who would know if he really found true peace, this peace that he sought after and thought was a hopeless dream? How sad. You see, the problem lies in the fact that the peace of God is not attained by human effort. It's not of this world. It's not attained by human effort, human philosophy or understanding. It's beyond that. It's beyond our understanding. And Paul says exactly those words when he wrote to the Philippians in chapter 4 and verse 7, when he said this, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. God's peace does not make sense. God's peace can come to you in the midst of your storms. It transcends, it's above, it surpasses understanding because it's got nothing to do with human understanding. It's a supernatural gift that God gives you, his peace. The peace of God. And God's peace comes from putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And my dear friend, if you're here this morning and you don't know yet Jesus, you don't know him yet, don't walk out of this place until you talk to someone, myself or the other pastors or someone else here, and say, I want to know the peace of God in my life. I want to know this Jesus. 
the one who loves you, who gave his life for you. There's nothing stopping you from opening your heart this morning and saying, Jesus, you need to come in because I'm empty without you. And he'll do it. He'll do it. I'll guarantee you. You open your heart, he's promised I'll come in. It comes from putting your faith in Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. It comes when we learn to lean on Jesus and trust in him. And when you and I do this, when we seek his help, then we'll hear Jesus say to us, as he does, and as he has said in his word in John 14, 27, here it goes again. Listen to how Jesus says this. He says, peace, I leave with you. Now listen to this. My peace, he says, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. The world's peace is rubbish. Jesus says, I don't give to you as the world gives. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. And it won't be troubled and it won't be afraid if you receive his peace. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble therefore we will not fear because as i close because in 2020 we will hope always we will expect experiences and events that will challenge and stretch us we will learn to lean on jesus and we will pursue the peace of god my dear friends this morning you won't get better help than that amen amen let's pray Dear loving Father, thank you for reminding us through this magnificent psalm and other psalms as well. And the, indeed, your whole word is just packed with these words of encouragement. And, yeah, and, and rebuke at times. And we need that. We need your correction, Lord. We need your discipline. But we thank you for your, for your help that is so readily available. And Father, forgive us of the times when we looked all the other places but you. We look, all, we look everywhere else. We look at others, to other people, rather than look to you first. Teach us to seek you, the one who is the ever-present help in trouble. And as we go into this year, God, help us to go with joy, with anticipation, knowing that we have, we have a saviour, we have a redeemer, we have an ever-present help in the person of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And we thank Jesus Christ for all that he's done that has made possible for us to know his peace and indeed his indwelling presence and indeed, Father, his, his indwelling help. Thank you as we commit ourselves to you. And help us, Lord, help us to be helpers and to help others to also recognise that this Jesus is for them as well. And we pray these things in his mighty and precious name, in his ever-present name. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen.